So Matthew 13, beginning at verse 24, this is God's holy and infallible word. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And then we skip ahead to, there's two more little parables there. And then verse 36 starts Jesus' own explanation of the meaning of the parable of the weeds. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will weed out of His kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. That's God's word for us this evening. So last Sunday night, as we looked at the parable of the sower, we talked about tending to our garden. In other words, tending to our hearts. Uh, That's what Jesus describes those four different types of soil as types of hearts. Hard soil that doesn't allow the seed of God's Word to grow because it holds on to sin. The rocky soil is a shallowness of faith. One that perhaps doesn't have a desire to know the depths of God's Word. Maybe a faith that's content to wander from the historic Christian faith. Uh, Maybe a faith that has an appetite for church light or Christianity light. A shallow faith, says Jesus, it won't see you through the storms of life. The third soil had thorns, and the thorns represented the things of this world that can take up part of our hearts and choke out the seed of the Lord. Instead of all that, we're called to pray and work toward having good soil in our hearts, a wholeheartedness which will allow that precious seed given to us by the divine sower to be planted, to take root, and to grow and to flourish. And my prayer is that we'd be vigilant as God's people, intending the garden of our hearts as God's word calls us to be. 
that parable, this very next one too, it's also about planting. And we read about sowing seeds, but instead of focusing on the soils, now Jesus talks about weeds and harvest. Moving from that parable to the next one, it, it, it's kind of like this. Let's imagine that you're a responsible homeowner and you take good care of your yard. I'm sure not every one of you do, but let's say you all do. You have some nice gardens in that yard. You mow your grass nicely every week. You trim the edges of the grass. You trim the bushes. You keep the lawn free from weeds. It's gorgeous. It's immaculate. Well, that's the level of diligence God's Word calls us to in our lives as Christians. Guarding our hearts, striving towards holiness, tending to our garden, not slacking off, working up a sweat, spiritually speaking. And in that situation, the Word of God will thrive and it will blossom. There'll be fruit. But now let's imagine you are diligent in your yard and you're taking some well-earned satisfaction in the fruits of your labor, but then you can't help but look over at your neighbor's yard and you frown. It's a mess. There's no upkeep. The grass is often long And sometimes when the guy thinks about mowing the grass, it's on Sundays of all things. The grass is filled with dandelions and you're beginning to worry about those things spreading to your grass and ruining all your hard work. What do you do? In our scripture passage, the servants of the master discover these weeds Weeds are springing up in the midst of the field. The servants are troubled. They go to their master and ask him, what is up? Where did these weeds come from? And the master says that an enemy sowed the weeds, and the enemy is the devil. That's what Jesus says in his explanation of the parable. And we're told that this enemy was very sneaky. He went at night when everyone was sleeping without regard for the time and the energy and the expense that went into the tilling and the planting. He sowed weeds among the wheat, a very dirty thing to do. Jesus tells us that the good seeds planted are the sons of the kingdom. In other words, they're the children of God. And he says, the weeds are the sons of the evil one. In other words, those who don't believe. So our parable raises this reality that there is good and there is evil in this world together, side by side. We can be busy seeking to live for the Lord, working in the church, supporting kingdom causes, and then We can't help but notice all the evil out there, all the trouble. How is a Christian supposed to react to that? Do we try to tear it all out? Do you run to your neighbor's yard and start ripping out dandelions? The servants in the parable said to Jesus, do you want us to go and pull up the weeds? They were very eager to clear out the bad. 
But Jesus surprisingly says no. He says you might pull up the good with the bad. Let both grow to the harvest, which we're told is the end of the age. He explains, then the harvesters, the angels, will separate the good from the bad and the weeds will be thrown in the fiery furnace, which is a picture of everlasting judgment. Several lessons, I believe, for us when we look up from tending our gardens and look around and see the weeds, evil, evil people, and we wonder about all that. One, Jesus calls the sons and daughters of the kingdom to restraint, I believe, restraint, patience. The servants of the master show a desire to keep the field pure, but to pull the weeds out is going too far. Jesus says, no, that is not what I want you to do. What does Jesus mean? What does this mean? I think it means that believers can be overzealous in their desire to stand for the right and make things right. There were very dark periods in church history of having forced baptisms. You think in our world of religious extremists who look at weeds, those who don't have the same faith as they do, and they kill. Now, we're very far from situations like that, but I think of those who might show a disdain or a contempt or even a type of hatred for for maybe people who who are struggling with addiction. Contempt for people in prison or maybe for people with same-gender attractions. Believers who go on a Facebook rampage in response to this or that issue of the day. Here's what I think it might mean. We are called to love the good and the right, but we are called to be patient with those who appear to be heading in the other direction. The Heidelberg Catechism tells us we win our neighbors for Christ by bearing fruit in our lives. Neither the Catechism or God's Word says we win people over by tearing out the weeds in their life. In our disgust for evil and evildoers, we sometimes want to clean up the mess, get the weeds out, but God says no. That is for me to do. For the weeds that are still there at the end of time, I'm going to take care of that. That's my job. That's not your job, my sons and daughters. That doesn't mean we think evil and evil deeds are okay. It doesn't mean that there's never a time to lovingly give clear guidance to someone who's going astray. It doesn't mean that Christians can't have a voice or state what the Bible says in the public square. But I think it does call us to restraint. It certainly means we don't judge others. God is the judge. We don't know someone's heart. Only he does. Jesus is saying good may be torn out with the weeds, which tells us that someone we might judge is a weed may actually not be. Only God knows. When we see weeds, and there are weeds, the tendency of the righteous 
can be frustration, judgment, impatience, anger. Lord, why? But the call is to restraint, to patience, to not take over God's job as the judge. Secondly, I think this parable calls us to trust in the restraint, in the patience that Jesus calls his servants to in this parable. We can trust that God is going to work it out. The parable says he will. The end of the age is coming. And at that time, evil will be taken care of. Evil will be punished. It must be punished. Those who are sons of the devil will be thrown in the fire. This is one of those passages in Scripture that speaks very clearly of hell and also tells us very clearly that there will be people who are thrown into it. Matthew's Gospel uses the phrase weeping and gnashing of teeth six times to describe the end-time punishment for those who don't belong to Jesus. And the fiery furnace language is used here and at least a couple of times in Revelation, and it refers to hell. It's true. The evil in this world isn't right, and it pricks at the heart of the godly person. The fact that people seem to get away with the sin they do, it doesn't seem just. God says there are consequences to sin, but we don't always see those consequences in our neighbor's life. And and perhaps it makes us want to go in and shake our finger or fist or go on a spiritual rampage. You can't live like that. What are you thinking? Your actions are an affront to my God. For us to do that is not apparently our place. However, Jesus is returning and he will take care of all that is not right. He will, says this parable, and all of God's word. Trust that. Trust in his plan. Trust in his timing. Trust that he knows what's best on how to handle the weeds. The parable calls us to restraint. Jesus says, no, do not pull out the weeds. The parable calls us to trust. God's justice will win out. He will work it all out. Third, this parable calls us to examine ourselves. We read the sobering end for the sons of the devil. Boy, we need to make sure that we are sons and daughters of the kingdom, don't we? We want to be sure that we are among the wheat. And to do that, we have to be attentive to our garden our own spiritual walk, as we talked about last week. If there are any weeds in your life, pull them out. Don't wait. The end of time is drawing near. Don't be content with letting them sit or fester or grow. Ask God for help. Get help from someone. If you can't, do it on your own. 
There are two types of people described here in God's Word. Sons of the devil, sons of the kingdom. And when it comes down to it, there aren't other options. Sometimes we make it all too complicated. Everything's gray. We think of the complications of modern life and and ethics and what's right and what's wrong in society today. There's a time to leave that all be and focus on the things that God's Word makes clear. There's a wide path and there's a narrow path. There are two different end destinations. One is good, one is bad. And, and, and so we need to ask ourselves, where do I stand before my God? Examine yourself because we're talking about eternal consequences. When Jesus returns, the weeds will be gathered up and burned and And you don't want to be a weed. And so we're called to check our life, check our hearts. Be sure that we're clinging to the finished work of Jesus and that we're depending on Him like we talked about this morning. The one who set the course. Realize we can't do it. And we're called to keep our focus on our self-examination in our own hearts and our own walk with Jesus rather than judge others. The definition of a Pharisee, we read about those guys in the New Testament, it's someone who's constantly looking in the other guy's garden. Biblical Christianity does not do that. In biblical Christianity, we keep our examinations and our judgments on ourselves. We tend to our garden, and then we bear fruit, and we let that, by God's grace, make a difference to others around us. Not scolding, not judging. The reality of evil people not seeming to follow Jesus and so on, the weeds, sometimes it makes us want to yell and scream and do some damage as God's children. We want to shout to our neighbor, get off your duff, mow your lawn, and do it on Saturday too, not on the Lord's Day. Or we want to run over there and start yanking out all his weeds. And if it's loved one's weeds, if it's the weeds of someone we love and are close to, well, even more so, we want to do something about it. Instead of that, I think these two parables and the whole sweep of God's word tells us to focus on our own hearts. We tend to our garden. And then people will see how an amazing, well-cut lawn without dandelions can look and let them be attracted to that. Let that win them over. The great miracle is that weeds can become wheat, praise the Lord. We don't see that told in this parable. The thing about parables is they only make certain points. These illustrations of Jesus can't cover everything about the faith. The Bible tells us we are all born into evil. We're all weeds on our own. But all who believe in Jesus and trust in his finished work will move from death 
to life and will receive the Holy Spirit and we will bear much fruit. At the end of time, when Jesus returns, may there be far fewer weeds thrown into the fire than we fear may be as we look around us today. And may our lives, may your life, each one of you, me, may our lives bloom in such a way for God's glory that the sons of the evil one are won over. May God bless our lives. May God bless our church for that beautiful purpose. Amen.